This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Uh, people that are driving and when you're about to pass them and they suddenly think they're in the Daytona 500 and they're going neck and neck with you, can we get a name for these people? Do you forget where you are? You're going 90 on a four-lane highway, but you, but I enter the picture and now you remember how your car works? What is going on there? Or the people, when you have it on cruise control and you pass them, two minutes later, they go by you doing, they go by you going 190. And then five minutes later, you pass them again. I want to hold a sign up and say, I haven't changed my speed once. I've been going the same speed. These are the same people that sit in the left lane, aka the fast lane, and just stay there. Have you never been in a car driven by a person that knows how to drive? You pass a car. This is how it works. You pass a car. When you're finished passing that car, you return to the right lane. If you have it on cruise control and you're passing a car, you speed up. You don't go one kilometer faster than the car you're passing. You don't hold up the entire planet. You will make so many people happy. Because right now what you're doing, you don't want to know what people are saying behind you. And when they finally get up to you and they all give you the the glance, they want to know who's driving that vehicle that backed us up back to Moose Jaw. Get it together. That's been bothering me. That happened last night in the 401. Ah, therapy. See, this is therapy. We let it, let all that negative energy out. Got my, got my candle. We are centered. I don't do yoga. I just, I think that's a thing. Small town strip club. We'll set the mood. Nice breathing exercise for you. It's episode number 10 of Bumsies. Hi, I'm Dun. I'm done. We start off every episode with corrections. So no need to catch up. We catch you up right away. We catch up. No mustard. Pretty bad one. I don't know if this is a correction, more of a... um, 
more of an observation. This is from Vic Pelso on Twitter. He said, I love the pod because the tone of every sentence sounds like the end of a broadcast. I have no idea what that means. I've been thinking about it for ages. I think it's good. And this is kind of the same lines. This is from RCB. You pause often building some anticipation for listeners. Feels like my phone's on data and I almost rear-ended a car checking. But I remember it's a work phone and I don't give a big old shit about their data. So carry on. Thanks for those observations. Don't know what it means. I think it's good. What I do know is, hey Siri, uh, turn winter off. All right, uh, series, Siri. Could you try that again? I'm here. Uh, Siri, turn winter off. He didn't get that. Okay. Hey, Alexa, can you? It's snowing right now again. We are into the middle of March, the Ides of March. I drove through a blizzard Friday. White knuckling on the 401. Saturday, blizzard. Sunday, blizzard. F*** off. Relentless. Like, you get to a point where you're just like, okay, enough. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. Because you wake up, oh, the snow's gone. It was like, no, you just imagine that blizzard. Mm, think again, quad. Hits you again with it. Made me, made me remember when I lived in Fort McMurray and I once did a story on it snowing on June 1st. I worked as a reporter, a CTV reporter for the station at Edmonton. So I'd shoot stories. They'd aired on their their evening newscast for the Fort McMurray section of the news. There was a lot of filler. Yeah, I was, I was shooting it snowy. I once did a story on a dog wash, and I appeared in that story. Reason being, if I was in the story, I got 150 bucks. If I wasn't, it was like $75. So I'm like, daddy needs some money. Uh, you have a cat and it meows? That's interesting. That's a story. You cut hair and that's your job? That's a story. You missed the bus? We got a story. Full confession, by the way. I lied to get that job. In the interview, guy says to me, okay, you have any experience working a camera? Because you're going to be like a videographer. I'm like, oh, big time. Videographer is my middle name. Dan Vids O'Toole. First time I sent them a story, the producer uh, producer called. He's like, Dan, uh, this tape is blue, so you have to color correct the camera. So it appears like you know what you're doing. He's like, uh, it looks like the story you shot is underwater, like you shot it through an aquarium. It's almost like you've never worked a camera before. I'm like, nah, what are you talking about? That's a good one. I use a different type of camera, the old XL7. He's like, that's a helmet. Like, no, no, it was Russian built, I believe. Really good quality. Um, tell me again, how does this camera work? Because it's completely different than the other one I used. Pretend like I've never worked a camera before and explain it that way. Just so I don't miss anything. Because again, different camera than I'm used to. Eventually figured it out. Had a station vehicle CTV written all over that bad boy. I drove the shit out of that thing. 
minus 35. I would hop in, let it warm up for approximately eight seconds and drive off. And when you do that, when you do that, it feels like you're driving Fred Flintstone's car. You're like, I didn't check the tires before I get in, but I think I'm driving on cinder blocks. Anyway, it's a short drive to the radio station, 30 seconds away. Because I worked at the, for CTV and at the radio station. And at the radio station, the station vehicle was an Astro minivan. Hope they still have it. That thing was a beast. So yes, weather. That's what I was talking about, weather. Snowed June 1st once at Fort McMurray. Uh, The reason for my Saturday sojourn through the blizzard was to make it to a buddy's 50th birthday party. I walked in, I was talking to his mom. I'd never met her before. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, who's the guy from Leave it to Beave? Wally? No. Who's the, the suck up? Eddie? Eddie Haskell. I was like, I'm like Eddie Haskell. So I'm like, ah, you know, me, you, uh, and then I said the line to her, you know, you're getting old when someone you went to high school is celebrating their 50th. She looks at me and she's like, uh, try having the birthday boys, your kid. And if she followed that up with you and kicked me in the, I would have accepted that. I didn't put a lot of thought behind what I was saying when I was saying it to the guy's mom. Uh, So it was in a little hall in my hometown of Peterborough, Ontario. Keep in mind, this is a city of 81,000 people. 81,000, that's that's a good size. Walked into the room, I'm like, oh yeah, I've been here before. Last time was the after-funeral reception for my dad's funeral. And this thing had been going on for a while. People were walking in. By the end of the day, and they're like, oh, we got the wrong place. This is a wedding reception, obviously. These people are hammered. And we're like, nah, come on in. Yeah, it was an Irish, Irish reception for a funeral. Before that, my grandparents had a a wedding anniversary there, at least one. My dad's retirement party was there. And I was the MC for that, because when you work in broadcasting and you go to an event, everyone asks you to be the MC because they're like, he knows how to talk. So I delivered one of my better lines, I think. I was a lot younger then, but I think it was pretty good. I explained how at one point my dad was a farmer, a real estate agent, and a justice of the peace all at the same time. So I said, my dad could feed your family, sell you a house, and throw you in jail all in the same day. They got to laugh. I think. So that party was there. Uh, my sister had her wedding reception there. They, we, <laughs> I still don't, we had a year 2000 party there. People had year 2000 parties. We had one in that room. My high school drama class was in this room. Peterborough. We've got one room. So Paul, happy birthday, buddy. You did it. I do have to make a correction from that party, though. I'm now making corrections from my everyday life because I have a lot of Irish guilt, and I had guilt after that party. My buddy Rob 
walked in with a whole gaggle of people. And I'm so when you haven't seen some people in like 35 years, you're trying, okay, I'm going to nail these. I'm going to nail all these names. And I'm like, Hey, Glenn. And then when I got to my vehicle, I'm like, that's not fucking Glenn. That's Rob. But I'd already pulled the Irish exit because when I went by them, I'm like, I just got to grab something from my vehicle. I'll be right back. I did not return. Once you're out, you're out. There's no going back on the Irish exit. So um, anyway, Rob or Glenn, as some people call you. I apologize. I did have a quick chat with him. I'm like, eh, so what are you doing? I haven't seen you since, I don't know, grade 12. And he's like, I'm running an air duct cleaning service. I'm like, okay, so level with me here. I want the details. What's the scam? He like perked up. I said, do you, do you have to pay up front? Because I'm getting these calls all the time. Hey, we want to come clean your air ducts. What's the deal? And Rob or Glenn told me. And here it is. When air duct companies call you on the phone. Oh, by the way, man-made brand sponsors our email of the week. Their staple product is the boxer brief made from premium model fabric, plant-based fibers derived from beech trees. They thought of everything. Breathability, absorption, comfort, man sack pouch for the boys, and chafe-free design. Serious. You put on any other underwear after this, it feels like you're wearing uh, long johns. All their products are made with zero synthetic polyester. Polyester is a derivative of plastic. Yuck. Manmadebrand.com. Best underwear you'll ever wear. They are Canadian. What was I talking about? Talking about the year 2000 party. Oh, all right. Air duct cleaning. Air duct cleaning. Okay, so here it is. So when you get those calls, here's the scam. They say they will get your air ducts clean for, say, like 100 bucks. When they show up, they in your air ducts. What's that now? Oh, no. They try to charge you like $800. So you go in thinking, I'm going to get the, the cleanest air ducts, and man, these guys are only charging me 100 bucks. And then they won't leave until you give them eight or 900 bucks. So to get you to pay, I don't know if they just start living in your house or if they take your air ducts. They're like, ah, these are ours now. That's the deal. But I need those. They're ours now. We live here. And why don't you have any air ducts? <laughs> Ah, I wanted to ask that forever. Rob doesn't do this. Rob, he's like, he's, he's level. I got to get him to come clean my air ducts because they're full of dander. And that's all from producer Tim. He's called the Dander King. (laughs) It's now on Netflix. I did not have a single Peterborough greeting at the birthday party, which is, When someone comes up to you and they say, you don't remember me, do you? Oh. A couple people were on the verge. But there were so many people that you can get. I was like, hey, Jimmy. Oh, Glenn's here. (laughs) 
I did have a Peterborough greeting a couple weeks ago. Standing in a, a mall called Lansdowne Place. It's the West Edmonton Mall of Central Ontario. A place I once lost my mother in Sears and had to call security to find her. She was on the other side of a clothes rack. I was short. Getting some Sears trousers on the other side. See you on the other side, Mom. Nah, I, can't, I guess I can't see you. Security! Oh, I remember Sears. You knew it was close to Christmas when the toys came out. Rest of the year, no toys. Your birthday, you're getting a garden hose. Uh, your uh, baptism, here's a wrench. Because we got no toys. You only get those at Christmas. So when you walked in there, you're like, oh boy, Santa's coming soon. Finally, I have something to go with my hose. <laughs> Craftsman wrench, though. Guaranteed for life. So in this mall, uh, someone comes up to me and they're like, hey, Dan, you don't know who I am, do you? Because they saw the look of bewilderment on my eyes. It's pretty much a constant look. She had a mask on, so I'm like, okay. I got, this buys me some time. I'm like, of course I don't know who you are. You have a mask on. So the, the mental Rolodex, it's going, it's going. She pulls down the mask, and I'm like, yep, know who you are. She didn't leave it there. She's like, who? I'm like, uh, you're Joe's mom. Like, okay, you got it. Good job. Also, the same person who was the mother of my uh, first girlfriend. Long story. But the last time I saw her, she was my age. But I knew who she was. Bamses! You leave that situation and you feel like a million bucks. You're like, I identified someone who I haven't seen in 30 years. So I felt great about that. But uh, talk about Stress City over here. Between the blizzards, uh, the guests and the names of people I haven't seen in 30 years, to every event in my life happening in the same room, I'm done. I'm never leaving this house again. Never. Keep it down, Tim. Tim's coffee. So I'm just staying in this basement. Before we get to our listener emails and our guest, Canadian acting legend Don Lake, when you see this man, you're going to say, oh my God, I've seen him a lot because you have. We're going to go deep on the TV shows uh, that he's appeared in. We probably have to edit it for time, but the full length interview will be on the YouTube page. Am I correct on this? Boomsies, Z Money with a thumbs up. It's time for Boomsies Newsies. We dive into the news. You don't need uh, Google Alerts. You don't need Twitter. You don't need TikTok. Boomsies, your one-stop shop for news. Daylight Savings. Everybody hates it. Hey, Daylight Savings, you're done. I was actually talking with someone the other day. They're like, yeah, I have a buddy. His dad doesn't do it. 
I'm like, you can do that? He's like, yep, doesn't change any of his clocks. So I guess he's just late or really early, depending on the year, the time of the year. Doesn't, I'm going to do that. Nope, I don't do that. I don't do daylight savings. We do have a correction here because we said uh, in a previous episode, Tom Brady retired. Uh, it turns out that's not true. Tom Brady was retired for how many days? Uh, let's see here. He was retired for 99 days. Someone must have said, I bet you can't. Uh, uh, the over-under was 100 days of retirement, and he put everything, every Bitcoin he had on the under, and he nailed it. Oh, no, sorry. His, his retirement was 43 days. The, the MLB lockout was 99 days. So he really had the under. 43-day retirement. Um, I've talked a lot about the, uh, the Mario movie, how it came out in 93, a movie Don Lake was in. That's why he's coming on. But there's a new one coming out with Chris Pratt, Anna Taylor, Charlie Day, Seth Rogen, Jack Black. Oh, I'm going to see that. We're actually going to have like Donkey Kong, Bowser, Princess Peach, Mario. It's a me, Mario. We're less than a week away from the NHL trade deadline. You know what? You know what TV networks should do? They should do like a full day of programming to like pay attention to any breaking trades or something. And then people can tune in. They're like, oh man, look at that. They're talking to uh, Austin Matthews. He just got traded to the Senators. I saw it here first. So TV networks, if there are any still in operation in Canada, try that out. That's a programming idea for you. I don't know if you've ever attempted it before, but a, like a trade deadline day, making an event. And if I see that on the networks this year, I'll know exactly where you got that idea. Rest in peace, uh, wrestler Scott Hall. Yeah, that was a sad one. He always had the, uh, the razor Ramon. He always had the toothpick going. My cousin Brad actually dropped off uh, Bret Hart here. Brock dropped off the Hart Foundation to go with our wrestling figures because I never had them. So thank you to Brad. Tom Brady's back. We went over that. He was sick of retirement. Baseball's back, baby. So notable changes to the CBA. We've got a 12-team postseason. Universal DH, so you don't see a pitcher hit anymore. Additional advertising through patches. Center fielder can now use the bullpen cart to patrol the outfield. Okay, that's interesting. One position player has to pitch each game. Okay, so we're going to see a right fielder coming into close. Significant gains with regard to minimum salary. That's good. Managers are allowed to dress however they want. They don't have to wear a baseball uniform. But once a year, they have to dress as a character from Super Mario. That's a little wrinkle. I'm surprised they agreed to that. And each team's mascot, they must now speak. No more silence. That was a big demand from the players. They're like, these guys are keeping too many secrets. We want to hear their voices. So the mascots now speak 
in Major League Baseball. I'm glad they got that figured out. Jennifer Jones, her team splitting up at the end of the season. Quick Jennifer Jones story. Uh, when Jay and I covered the Olympics in Pyeongchang, we always went to Canada House every day. So we'd have some cocktails there and stuff. And uh, whenever Jennifer Jones, <laughs> like the second last day, I see her. I'm like, hey, Jennifer, how are you doing? She's like, every time I see you, you got a drink. I just, uh, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, correct. So. Jennifer Jones, very observant. Josh Donaldson traded to the Yankees. That's good. I always liked that guy. The bringer of rain. Maybe the bringer of rain could talk to Mother Nature about the bringer of blizzards. Dairy Queen's the bringer of blizzards. Oh, every time we go to the Dairy Queen drive-thru. My one daughter orders the same thing, and I it up every time and they must think like this guy is not funny why does he do this i say a brownie bladder bit blizzard it's a brownie batter every time i say brownie bladder so sorry about that dairy queen i don't mean to it just comes out and now it's rather embarrassing i get nervous before i order the brownie bladder brownie batter blizzard leafs outdoor game uh, i didn't see any of it uh, I asked uh, Andrew and Tim, did I miss anything? They said, no. Nah. Way to go, Hamilton, though. Great event. Not your fault the puck was bouncing everywhere. Uh, Pete Davidson's going to space. So Pete Davidson's going to be dating a space girl. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Xena from Mars. She used to be married to a very famous space rapper. Pete Davidson, don't give no f- Wheels versus doors debate? I don't think we're doing that because the answer's obvious. Wheels. Let's get to our uh, listener email as we try to find the email. Man made for boomsies. Put Boomsies at the bottom of the checkout page where it says order comments to get your free man-made socks. You go to manmadebrand.com. All of us are wearing them. Guys, we got them on? Yes. Manmade.com. Have your junk held by Canadians. I made that line for them. Hey, Toolsy. Loving Boomsies. But I have to know when the You're Done merch is happening. Die Die Hard Follower. Big Dog. I got to put my glasses on. Big dog, Rob. Tim's working on merch. Tim's the dander man, and he's the merch man. Hey, Dan, love listening to the pod. The less you seem to know what's going on, the more entertaining it is. Okay. Congrats to Tim for continuing to ride the coattails of Dan towards mediocre success. That's from Jeff. Hi, Dan. Had a couple of crappy weeks, but to, it's all better now. I just listened to episodes eight and nine back to back, so no confusion on missing episodes. It lifts my spirits to hear from you guys, from guys like Michael. Michael Rumsby appeared with us last week. Uh, great guest. Hopefully uh, you're donating to his uh, charity page to raise money for uh, his grandma. 
in support of his grandma. You and Jay do lots to lift so many people's spirits. Let Spoons know if she brings her gold medal, the wife and I can make her a free meal. You know that Brett Hull never has to buy a meal or drinks in St. Louis? We should do that for Olympic athletes in Canada. I completely agree. Great story on your first job. Laughed all the way through because the first car I bought was a 93 Tercel and that radio didn't work either. Toyota, recall the 1993 Tercel. The radio, it's f- Have a great weekend. Chat again soon. Your Canadian Armed Forces buddy, Les. Les is a great guy. We've heard it from him before. Hey, Dan, wanted to thank you for the gem. You're done. I just had the following exchange with my very sweet and, might I say, almost sleeping wife. You blew it. Wife. What? You missed out, huh? You're done. (laughs) Love the show. Thanks for the chuckles. Uh, Scott from Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Shout out to Peg City. Hey, Dan, it's Mike. Love the show. Heard you were giving away free underwear. This is great news. Between you and me, things have been a little quiet between the sheets with the missus. You see, I was never the most attractive guy in the room, and over our many years of marriage, I've packed on a few LBs. Your underwear giveaway might be just the thing I need to set the mood. The way I see it, if she sees me and the man-maids you gave me, she'll actually be thinking of you. Then she'll think, at least I'm not married to an ex-sports reporter guy doing a podcast out of his basement in Oro. By comparison, my guy is a major catch. Bonesies! Love the show, Mike. P.S. Has anyone pooped in your car yet? That's a that's a leading candidate. We wanna we wanna bring romance to Boomsy's listeners. Hey Dan, big fan, longtime listener, first time caller. I've heard you bring up Mario a couple times this uh, couple weeks, and I assume someone would have told you they're making a new Mario movie by listening to the newest pod. You referred to the John Luxi- Luxiamo. Luxia- Luxiamo. I can't say his name. Um, I felt obligated to let you know that they are, in fact, currently making a new Mario movie with Chris Pratt. Okay, we went over that. Thinking about all the dumb tweets I sent you back in the day, it'd be a real kick in the if talking about a Mario movie is what got me on the pod. Yes, guy. Rob, you made it, bud. You made it. Hey, Dan, was listening to your story about attending UFC this morning. So cool. My cousin and most of my cousin, my husband, hopefully not cousin. My husband and I always talk about whether it's as good live as as it is on pay-per-view because you don't get different angles of the wrestling, so it would be hard to tell what's actually going on. Agreed? But I guess if you're row two, you're seeing it really close. Also, I have a toddler who I'm sure will be saying, you're done in about two days. When he throws his food, you're done. Meltdown before Ben, you're done. Tries to run onto the road, you're done. Really appreciate uh, really applicable in a lot of situations. Again, I know how to read. Just how my uh, sometimes I have trouble with it. Thanks for making me laugh on the way to work and keep it up, Georgia, Georgia in Edmonton, Georgia, Georgia in Edmonton. Hey Dan, love the podcast. Longtime listener, second time emailer. I'm the guy that wants to drop a deuce in your car. However, I'm still waiting to hear from you. On a more serious note, do you think you will write a book? I'm sure you must have enough stories and life events from your career that are definitely book-worthy. Keep up the great work, Lonnie. Uh, I don't have the patience to write a book. If someone will write it for me, I'll just sign it. I'll, I'll pull the uh, Jay Peterman. I'll just buy all the uh, Kramer's stories and say they're my own, and we got a book. Book, do many words. Me know how write. 
Hey, Dan, Steve listening in from little old PEI. Love the podcast. I've heard you spent some vacation time on the island. Curious about what you did while here. Okay, we went to Charlottetown. That was awesome. Um, we went to Cavendish. Uh, so we saw Anna Green Gables. Anna Green Gables sitting under a tree. Man, you're like, oh, what's going on here? She doesn't talk. She's like knitting a scarf. So we went there, uh, toured around the island, uh, went to Crowbush Cove. Great golf course. Stayed there. And uh, loved it. We tried to hit every beach we could. The, uh, the beaches out by Crowbush, unreal. PEI, you got it going on there. Uh, also, I need coping skills with being a massive Leaf fan and having to listen to all the negative Leafs fans out there. In addition, if your answer is to switch teams, uh, you're done. Oh, also, this wasn't on PEI, but we drove the Cabot Trail, and I mentioned how we took an RV out east. Uh, here's a little life tip. Don't take an RV on the Cabot Trail. Because a year foot will go through the floor on the brake. True story. After driving these twists, everyone's in a motorbike, on a motorbike, or in a convertible. And I'm in a freaking 10,000 pound RV. Trying to pretend I've got everything under control. Everyone's like, everything okay up there? I'm like, yeah, we're having the time of our lives. I hope this fucking thing stops on this corner. We got to the bottom of it. There was noises coming out of this thing. There was smoke coming out of the engine. And the girls are like, uh, well, we need food or something. And I'm like, okay, you guys go look over there in that bush. I walked behind an abandoned gas station and took a deuce. I literally almost my pants. I saved it until we got to the bottom of the Cabot Trail. And I my pants. I was terrified. Uh, sorry, Andrew, what were you holding up there? I had my glasses on. Can't see. Okay. Okay. We got to get to our guest. Uh, hey, Dan, you should sell tickets. And I don't mean toilet paper. After listening to episode eight and hearing that people want to in your car and should tickets and the winner of winners, the winner of or winners get to crap in your car. Dan, I'm loving the pod. Boomsies rocks. Okay. Uh, our email man made for boomsies is the one from Mike who wants some love in the bedroom even though he kind of dissed me in it. But he did it in a joking fashion, so I don't care. I don't care. Say whatever you want about me. What am I going to do? I'm just going to sit here and take it. Uh, So you'll be getting some manmadebrand.com underwear from our email sponsor. Make sure you put boomsies at the checkout. You get some free socks. Now, let's talk to the man who was in that 1993 Super Mario movie, Don Lake. You're early. Hey, if you're not early, you're late. That's right. That's what I am. This is great to talk to you. I'm such a fan of yours. I was going to echo echo the same things. You are a Canadian living legend. (laughs) Right. I don't think so. And this is a first. This is the first time I've ever spoken to someone that was in a movie that essentially we openly trashed on the last episode of Boomsies, the Super right. Mario Brothers movie from 1993. So you reached out to me after I spoke about the Super Mario Brothers from 1993, and right. you said, hey, I was in that movie. <laughs> that terrible movie you're talking about? I was in that. 
I am so sorry. The only reason being, if someone went to the theater thinking they're going to see Bowser and like uh, all the characters, that yeah. wasn't it. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the movie was not good at all. That's what made me laugh. That's what made me laugh when I when I saw your story and apart from the show and I go, OK, that's hilarious because I wasn't into video games at all. Right. So I had no idea. I just knew that they cast Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo and Dennis Hopper. And I thought, wow, OK, that this is great. I, I would love to be in this. And so they were shooting in North Carolina. And I thought, OK, fun. Get a road trip out of this going to be there for a couple of weeks. It was a nice little part. Great. And then it was like, it was, uh, it was such a surreal experience because I get out there, they give me this great condo right on the water. So right at Riceville beach, North Carolina. So it was beautiful. And I did a couple of days and then they had to shut down because of budget. There was some kind of budget problem. So they said, nobody leave, everybody stay. And then we're going to reboot this really quick. So, you know, a few days passed and then they said, okay, they're back to work. And like I said, I was supposed to be there for two weeks. I was there for three months. (laughs) And all I did was I'd wake up, I'd have breakfast, I'd go for a walk in the beach. I'd come back and I keep waiting for a call, right? We're going to, you're in tomorrow or you're, you're in Monday, whatever. No phone call happened. Month and a half goes by. All I'm doing, the only time I go to set is to pick up my per diem. <laughs> That's right. You need that. Right. It's very important. It's your monopoly money. That's, That's what you right. get to play with. And unfortunately, they don't do that anymore. It used to be you'd get this wad of cash and it was just like, yeah, you know, you'd be so excited. <laughs> <I'm> rich. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you save up. And by the time you get home, you get a big barbecue. Yeah. So at, at one point, you're probably thinking they forgot about me, but my per diem's still here. So I guess not. Exactly. Absolutely. Every week I would go in like clockwork, pick up my money and go back to the condo. And I kept thinking, when are they going to (laughs) call? And then they they call. And I swear I had I had this salad the night before at my apartment at the condo. And the lettuce must have been bad. I'm not a cook. I'm not smart that way at all. You know, if it wasn't for my wife, I would have been gone a long time ago. Right. But I so I I had it and the lettuce must have been bad. And I got terrible food poisoning. Guess who calls? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to shoot tomorrow. Oh, we are, are we? Okay. All right. Perfect. And so I go in and there was this, it was this one scene with Bob Hoskins and who's a great guy. He was a super guy and a really good actor, right? Isn't he an Oscar award winner? Yeah. 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 And he's intimidating too, because he's like, you always look at a guy from the relationship of hockey, right? Where's his center of gravity? And you know, could I hit that guy in the corner? Could I get out of the corners alive? And Bob was like, not tall and very stocky, right? Very powerful guy. So this scene, in this scene, I'm supposed to chase him down a hallway and they had rigged up this thing that was like a cattle prod. So every time I poked his back, sparks were supposed to come out. <laughs> so we rehearse it without me doing it. And then it's time to shoot. Okay, let's go. And it was a really long scene through this corridor, special effects going off and everything. And we start the scene and we're running and I'm poking him in the back and I don't see any sparks, but I'm not here hearing cut. So we'll just keep going. And I keep poking them and poking them. We go through the different halls. There was nothing happening. We get to the end. It's about a two minute scene. We get to the end. They yell cut. I say they, cause it was a husband and wife directing team, which was interesting too. Um, they yell cut and Bob wrenches his head back and screams the, the obscenities like from the bowels of hell. Right. And what had happened was this cattle prod thing, had not uh, properly engaged and retracted every time I hit him. 
Oh no. I was, I was jabbing him with this quarter <laughs> half inch <laughs> copper wire all the way down the hall. So it was that the whole experience was just things like that. And it was a husband and wife director and bless their hearts. You know, uh, literally though, it was that funny scenario where one would come in and give you a note and then they would leave. And then two minutes later, the other one would come in and give you a note the completely opposite. The opposite. The other said. Yeah. Here's my question about a scene like that in a big budget movie, like a two minute scene. How many takes? Cause sometimes I'm watching a movie. I'm like, well, that must've been a one shot deal. Well, for a two-minute take, how many times are you doing that? Three or four. Okay. Three or four. And it can usually they'll always do it. Usually, you know, a lot of times it's really funny. You get it on the first take, and it's great. And you'll never get that again. And then they'll say, let's do one more for safety. Mm-hmm. Well, the second one doesn't work, never works. Then the, then it's like, oh, my gosh, let's do one more. <laughs> and and now, now you're chasing this thing, and you're doing the third, you're doing the fourth. And then what happens is they use the first because that worked. Right. But you, it's like you got to have this backup. But are you in the new Super Mario Brothers movie with uh, Chris Pratt and uh, Jack Black? No, no, I have nothing to do with that. You didn't get the call. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't get the call. Uh, no. OK, so whenever I have athletes on, I always go through um, places they played or uh, players they played with. I dove deep into your TV credentials. Okay. You have been on just about every TV show. Uh, since 1979. <laughs> so I wanted to get your take on each of these. Your four is, was this your first TV appearance? The dating game? Yeah, it was, it was. And so you the, know how they have you listed? How? The dating game was not picked. Oh, I was picked. <laughs> it says you weren't. So they're wrong. They are wrong. Very much. So they're wrong. So look at, they used to get at the time I just gotten out of school. I went to school down in, in Cal, Cal arts in LA. Yep. Which was a great school, a performing arts school. So that's, I went down from Toronto to go there. So then I stayed a couple of years after that. And what, and I worked at the comedy store. So what these shows would do is they'd go to the comedy store and they would say, look, we'll pay you guys, whatever scale was yep. come on the show and just be funny. Certainly wasn't for the looks. So I'm with this guy. I'm with this, it's me and this other guy who looked like Sylvester Stallone. He had this felt sport coat on. And this is what I remember. And then there was this other guy. So, and then there was the woman was questioning the three of us, right? And so every time she asked a question, I'd be as witty as I could be and funny. And the audience would be laughing. And it was like, this is going great. And then the Rocky would be a perfect guy to follow because he'd stumble to get his words out. And then the other guy was just kind of normal. And so they ask the questions. The segment goes great. And they we get to the end. And now when they go to commercial, right, they come back. And this woman is going to pick her date. So I'm listening now for the first time who this woman is. And the guy, the host, that great host does this intro. Well, she was Miss Hollywood 1974. Right. She was Miss Hollywood. And, and then he does that out and he says, okay, who are you picking? And she goes, well, it's not, I forget what number I was. She, it's not number three. And then they say, hello, it's not number two. And then they go and say hello. And now let's tell them, let's tell you about who you picked. And they pick me. Now, I don't know if I can say this, but at the time I wasn't supposed to be working like that because of my student visa had run out. Oh, <laughs> Right. So I told him, I said, I am from Minneapolis. <laughs> and so this great host he's from minneapolis he's from the da, da, da. here's your here's your date and i go around the corner and i swear to you i saw her knees buckle 
And then you have to stand there with her when they tell you where you go on the date. And I forget where it was, but right after the show, you're supposed to meet and sign papers and to say, you know, you, you were allowed to go if, if you want to go, if she would like to really take you on a date to wherever this was. And we both signed the paperwork, but we just kind of looked at each other and it's like, this day, I'm not going on that trip, am I? <laughs> no, you're not. You seem like a very nice man, but no, we're not going on any so trip. So you didn't get to go on the trip. I didn't. I didn't. Oh. So maybe that's why I don't know why it would come. I was so proud of the fact that I won. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So we, we've got to change that on your Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, please. TVography. Uh, SCTV. Yeah. You were on. Yes. Because uh, at the time, at that part of SCTV, when they shot it in Toronto, I was on Second City main stage. So they used to try to cross pollinate. You know, and they'd have some of us on the stage go up and be do guest spots on the SCTV show. So, uh, so yes, I did a couple of those. John Candy was a dear friend of mine, and oh, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, and, and Eugene uh, was a good friend. Uh, so, Eugene, so, has he done anything since? <laughs> Can you believe it? Huh? Isn't that amazing? It's crazy. It's unbelievable. Uh, this one's gonna interest a lot of people. The littlest hobo you appeared oh, on. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, I know one thing about the Littlest Hobo is that there was w- more than one Littlest Hobo. And that's what I, that's the first thing that comes to mind is you see these like I think there was there was at least two. But in my head, link thinking back, I see three just looking at you. And I, they were beautiful, handsome dogs. Right. But the weird thing about that was, was when you were doing a scene, you would have the trainer just off camera saying words to the dog. No, ah. Oh, look, oh, here, here, now you're trying to have a scene. It's like me and you having a scene yeah. and somebody off camera is up, 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 nose up, nose up, stay, stay, stay. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> and so then what they do is they shoot it to get the dog stuff. And then you go back without the dog and you do the scene really. Right. But I wasn't, it was very unnerving. I was, I was more receptive than the dog was. Cause I keep looking, <laughs> I keep looking at her. What, what? Not you, Don, the dog. Okay. The one show that people probably really recognize you from, Super Dave. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Were, so did that also mean you appeared on Bizarre? Yes, I did. Okay. I did, yeah, I did the last four years of Bizarre. And that's where I met Bob, who was Super Dave. And then uh, Bob started off, you know, kind of spun it off onto the Super Dave show. A great guy. You would, you would, you would love Bob Einstein. He was such a tremendous guy. He loved sports. And man, we would go to football games all the time and he, he always get field passes and we were watching a, uh, a Rams game and he had a field pass and I'd be with Bob there on the sidelines. And I would just say to Bob, cause it was such a thrill. Right. And these football players are monsters. I mean, they're just monsters. And I'd look at Bob standing at the sideline and I go, look, Bob, I'm on the field. I'm off the field. I'm on the field. I'm off the field. <laughs> And then they had somebody from the Rams come by and say, please don't do that. Just, you got to step back. So it was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is just such a thrill to be here. Yeah. So then, and then we're in, we're at one other game and, and uh, we decide to go up the tunnel because we thought this, we want to see what this is like. This is cool. And then all of a sudden, Dan, it was like, you heard a stampede in the darkness of the tunnel. All, all of a sudden you heard these cleats, like hundreds of cleats. And it was, it was the Rams coming out yeah. onto the field. So we do a double take. We do a U-turn and we run out before we get stampeded by the, by the team and we run out in the field. So what the officials from the Rams saw were Bob and I, who had been told, please don't do that. Please stay back. They saw us leading the Rams out onto the field. 
We were just trying to save our lives. That's, all. <laughs> that's classic. And then the last time was they were looking at an X-ray. And this is when he lost his, his field pass. Uh, but we laughed so hard after for years after it was worth it. But he just they were, they were some guy got hurt really bad. And the doctors were on the sidelines looking at the X-ray, you know, in, within minutes of the uh, of him being hurt. And the, there's three doctors are huddled around looking at the um, at the X-ray. And then all of a sudden they just kind of put the X-ray down a bit and they turn around. And I was right off their shoulder. <laughs> you were giving it a peek. Yeah, I was giving it a peek. And, you know, the way I look, I can always get by for a doctor. So either yes. they were threatened. It's like, who? I didn't, we didn't know you hired this guy. You got to have an extra set of eyes. You don't trust us. But yeah, I, if I go to a hospital, I can carte blanche anywhere in the hospital. <laughs> yes, you could. Uh, next on the list, Golden Girls. Oh. <laughs> were you, wait, I got to ask, were you. Dating one of the women? <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to Yeah, I was B. Arthur's love interest. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd I, you play, like a lawyer or something, coming to I talk played, to them? I think I was like the manager of uh, a senior citizen's home. Oh, okay. And I think one of them had eyed the fact of being in there, uh, being pu- put into a home, and she, you know, she couldn't stand it, and I was really strict with her. And I remember about that, of all the ladies being super nice. And Betty White, of course, was Betty White was like your grandma. You know, she she felt like family even right. the first time you met her. And I met her years and years ago, years and years later. Uh, we got to work together again. And she's just the sweetest thing. So sweet. You appeared on Blossom. Blossom. Yeah. 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 Blossom. And I was I was a policeman. And the guy. This is crazy. You remember every one of these parts, what you played. This is well, great you know memory. what's kind of making me feel good is, is like like sports when you have you talk to those great athletes. Not, I'm not saying I'm a great actor, but those great athletes, and you ask them, "Hey, that game you you played against, you know, we Baltimore, what was it? You know, and you go, oh, that game, right? That was we ended three two. I got a I got a strikeout with Loda Bay. You know, they remember all. Yes, of they the remember tic- perfectly. Like if you ask Sidney Crosby, okay, uh, goal number uh, three hundred and ten. Oh yeah, that was against uh, the Leafs. I uh, yeah made us go up three two. Like I'm like how how, right? And so that's what's had fun about this here is. So what I remember about uh, um, now, see, I've forgotten what was the show that we oh, were just Blossom. talking about. Blossom, Blossom, yeah. This guy Don Stark and I remember him. Him, we we played cops on the beat, and I had an agent, but Don Stark had a manager. He had a publicist, and it's like, oh my gosh, Don, you got a lot of people. You're you're taking a cut of your paycheck, you know, is it really paying off? But then Don went on like a year later to do that 70s show. Mm, and he that was a long run, a long run. Cause he, he had a funny term. He said when he got, you know, when jobs were few and far between, and he told me on this shoot, he said, uh, you don't hear the birds sing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, right. So that's what I remember about that. Um, same year as blossom LA law. That was a hit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, and that was fun. And I remember having a great part in that. Uh, my my wife, I did another part that was similar to this, but uh, my my wife would try to kill me, and the trial was me on trial saying trying to accuse my wife of trying to kill me. And that's, did you win uh, the trial? I don't I don't remember that. I don't. Rem- I remember everybody being very nice, but I also remember the feeling of wow, this show is a juggernaut. I mean, this is you know, prime that was a time. big budget show. Yeah, that was that was uh, that Steve was no little as hobo money there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody was barking off camera. Sit up, sit up, <laughs> up, stay, stay, stay. And now we're getting more current modern family. 
Modern Family, yeah. Uh, and and that was really, really, really fun. And the fun of that was um, I did the show, and that's one of those shows that every Friday at the end of the school week, you know, I would tape a bunch of shows. And my son was a little older, but it was still my daughter. And we would watch some shows that at the end of the week, right, when not a school night. And Modern Family was one of those shows. So when I got the job on Modern Family, I didn't tell my daughter. And so we, we shot it and then it came time to that week and we just sit down. Okay. We're going to watch modern family. Yep. Well, as we always do. Yep. I know. And it was right at the beginning of the show too. It was a really funny scene. And, uh, and so we're just sitting back and then we're watching it and then there's dad. It's like, Oh my God, there's dad. And it was such a thrill. And I told, I told the uh, creator of the show and I can't remember his name at the moment, which is terrible. And, and I told him that at another function we were at and he thought that was the greatest thing. He just thought that was the greatest thing. And every time I saw him after that, because he was good friends with uh, Catherine O'Hara, every time I'd see him after that, he'd, he'd say, how's your daughter? How's your daughter? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, another juggernaut, How I Met Your Mother, you appeared on. Same year as Modern Family. <laughs> yeah. But these are just guest spots. So, you know, they yep. take like a week out of your life. Still, um, yeah. I'm going through like a who's who of shows here. But you Some, kind of do the- Somewhere along the line, though. How did you not appear on Seinfeld? Did that, uh, did you, were you ever in talks for that? Yeah, no, I, I auditioned for Seinfeld, but it was a very bizarre feeling in the room when you audition, you know, because it's like Jerry was like huge at the time. Of course, this was a, the peak and, and Larry David was there and everything. And it just it just and, and the funny thing, too, is on that first writing job I told you about, the one called Ex- Exposed, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Schaefer and Alec Berg had just gotten out of Harvard. And they ended up writing and producing on on Seinfeld and on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And, and they both were Harvard graduates, right, when I first met them. And I used to make fun of them all the time. I'd say, I went to Harvard. Oh, you did? And I'd say, yeah. And I'd say, look, I just said I went to Harvard. You're not questioning it. But you spent, what, 300 grand to go to Harvard? And it's like, <laughs> you know, I said, the only thing I don't have is a sweatshirt proving it. So, so after that first season of Exposed, they went back for homecoming. That's how green they were, right? And they, they brought me back a legitimate Harvard sweatshirt. And you got <laughs> so the shirt. I had the You're shirt, good. and it was beautiful until a friend of my wife's washed and put it in the dryer. Oh, uh, no. It's can't sad can't, life. can't sad wear that anymore. But it was good for a while. Um, NCIS, you were on for a while. Yeah, and that was a great, uh, that was a really fun part. That's and another big budget show. Big, uh, big budget show, which is just a well-oiled machine, right? And Mark Harmon, you would love. He is the greatest guy. So I was supposed to be a friend of his, a good friend of his in the show. But we both say to each other, you're supposed to be a good friend of mine. We've done 20 seasons. Where have you been? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) But we said, well, let's just run with it. And I had a great time. And and that was that was the other show. That was a show where my somebody was trying to kill me. So they staged my funeral. It was a really funny premise for an NCIS. They staged my funeral. Well, I died, but I was hidden in a bunker under my house. And, 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 uh, uh, Mark Harmon's character is supposed, was, was looking around and his, my wife said, who thinks I'm dead, you can have his tools. So Mark Harmon goes down to the basement looking for the tools and he sees a little crack in like a, uh, in like the bunker door. And he goes there and he sees this whole bunker with food and scotch and bottles of stuff. And I had been under there pretending I was dead for four or five days because I wanted to try and find the killer. And it turned out that my wife was trying to have me kill her and her new boyfriend. But the show was so fun to do. Mark is so fantastic. So so they brought the character back two or three times. 
And so uh, was and the it, premise? It, did they were? Did you want to try catch the maybe killer going to your funeral? Uh, no, the, it did, well, as it turns out, he might have been at my funeral, but he was dating my wife. Ah, my wife, my wife was scoundrel. having an affair. Yeah, he was having an, she was having an affair on me. But mm. uh, it, that's a well machine. It's run really well. Great writers. They had great scripts. And Mark Harmon, who loves sports. And of course, he was quarterback at UCLA, right? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. He was quarterback at UCLA and he had football stories that were so, so good. Uh, and it leads us now to the show you're working on now, Space Force. Another right. massive hit. And it's really there's a, a super, super crew, a great cast. You crush it. Oh, in that thank show. You, Dan. Thanks. Thanks. Like I seriously, really... the, the lines you spoke of, you have so many of those in episode where I have to rewind it and listen again. Because oh, thanks. and then you're always letting people into Steve Carell's office. That just kills me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's one of those guys who can't he he he's terrible at his job, right? Yeah. He's just terrible at his job. But like like Steve said in one of the shows, I pulled him from a burning F fifteen. So he's indebted to me for life. So yeah. I got carte blanche. I'm not getting fired. So you're working with Carell and John Malkovich. Yep. Yep. And I was intimidated, right? That first season going into it, because that's John Malkovich. And it's like, this guy is like, he's intense. It makes you nervous. He couldn't be funnier. He's so funny. He's okay, so, so he's not like a method actor. He's not uh, in character nope. off the, off the nope. set. Yep. He's not brooding. He's not kill me by my character name. None of that stuff. He, he's very generous with his stories. He's got a million great stories and he's, he, he curses up a, a storm, which is so beautiful. It's like, it's like music to hear him curse. Yeah. And, and he's so fun. And it, it's really, it's one of the most fun jobs I've, I've ever, ever had. Cause Steve is like the best guy. And I'm so happy for all his success because he really, he's just a, a, a great team player. He's a great leader. He's super funny, super dramatic. And Ben Schwartz who's really funny on the show. Jimmy O'Toole. Diana Silvers, Tawny Newsom, Jimmy O. Yang. These are great, great, funny people. So, yeah. Where do you shoot it? uh, We shot the first season in L.A. And then they made budget cuts so we could come back. And hopefully, you know, people get a chance to watch the second year. It's it's much better. It's more camaraderie in the second year. And that was shot in Vancouver. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's actually when I first started watching. No, I first started watching you before that. I think it was 2018. And I was in Vancouver and then Vancouver Island. And so I'd catch Sports Center at night, right? So on the West Coast, you were on at primetime, right? You were on, I think, nine o'clock, right? Because mm-hmm. were, were you midnight? And We in, were on at uh, a midnight Eastern. So that'd be nine o'clock Pacific. Yeah. So you were like a primetime show for me. So it was perfect. I'd get home. I'd watch you guys on Sports Center. So I remember watching and I remember thinking, man, so funny. You so funny, so witty, so clever. And and so then after I left, I, I made sure I followed Sports Center, you know, you and Jay on Sports Center. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I felt for you when the whole change happened, you know, that's showbiz, right? But it I always is. knew you yeah. And I, I said, when one door closes, another opens, you've got your talent. You're going to take that no matter where you go. And I, and then it was like, I, I followed you on Instagram because it's like, he's going to land, he's going to land and it's going to be good. And then I was thrilled that you're doing boomsies. And I can't, I'm, I'm not just saying it. I can't believe I'm, I'm looking here and talking to you. It's, oh, it's, this, that fantastic. made me feel so good. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you started watching sports center when you did, because Jay and I both agreed those were our, our best shows ever. Like oh. we would go to work and have tears in our eyes. Like we, 
our producer would be in our ear like, guys, this is a sports show. Start talking. And we're like, we can't. We can't. And it's right. you can't beat that. No, you can't. And as a viewer, you felt like you were in your living room. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you guys and look at when we talk sports, we always talk other things and yeah. humor. There's so much innate humor in, in sports. And so the way you guys handle it and the way you still handle it is so entertaining and, and refreshing. And uh, you feel like a neighbor coming over. Hey, I'll say hi to Dan today. You know, uh, Dan came by the house today. Really? Yeah. Well, you uh, as everyone does, every guest leaves this show and people are like, I didn't know they were so personable. This is going to be another one of those guests. So, Don, we thank you for coming on, buddy. My pleasure. My pleasure. All the best to you. Don Lake. If you are listening to this, you can hear the full-length version, as I mentioned before, on YouTube. Because we go diving deep. That was a lot of fun to talk to him. Just a nice guy. Friends with John Candy. Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, that is Canadian comedy royalty. Want to thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify or Apple or Dingle Dongle, you know what to do and tell a friend. So thank you for that. Um, Have a great week. Uh, Keep your stick on the ice. Hopefully all the blizzards are over. Hug someone for real. Uh, I was having a day the other day. And I sat on the couch like a little old baby. I was being a baby. You know what I did? I went over and hugged my daughter. And then we just started laughing. We had a five-minute chat about nothing. And that changed my entire day. Just like that. So hug someone today. And know that you have someone rooting for you. It may not always feel like it, but, uh, but you do. So don't forget that. We'll see you here next week. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the out of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies.